0: Hello, everybody. Uh, Welcome to the Delco Young Democast, episode one. We are recording live at Chateau Porf Bear, buried uh, three miles below the uh, surface of Upper Darby, Pennsylvania. (laughs) You wanted announcer voice, you got announcer voice. My name is Mike Deiva. Uh, Thank you for joining us. Joining me today will be Gina Amoroso. Hi. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm wonderful. And also joining us today, Pasquale Cipollone. Uh... How you feeling today, sir? Cold. Cold? Cold. I am sweating like an animal in
1: this room. <laughs> it's the, this room is going to be really comfortable by the time it's over. It's going to be like nice and, and you're going to open it, it's just going to be freezing cold air. Exactly. In.
0: That's almost definitely what's going to happen. And the cats. Yes. All right. Uh, so, uh want to go around the room, set the table a little bit, and just kind of talk about why we're here, why we got into this whole...
2: Mess? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why we How decided we, we hated word. ourselves and wanted to get into politics.
0: Exactly. Care this much. Exactly. Um, so, uh, Squall.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll um, we'll start with you. Yeah, so uh, my name is Pasquale Cipollone, and I am a Springfield committee member, also a young Dem uh, vice president. And I got involved, I guess, if I want to be cliche and do one of the I woke up things, it would be. 2010 when the tea party started to get crazy Uh, and you know just the goal was stopping Obama so I was like okay I want to get involved in my local party and for some reason thinking about it now I emailed the courthouse and they directed me (laughs) to the Delco um, Dems Wow, that is
3: shocking.
1: What, now with that I think about it, I was like, oh, that was a mistake <laughs> on their part. Um should was never a mistake f- on
3: your part. <laughs> well, 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 I mean,
1: we'll see how it pans out. It still might be a mistake on their part. Um, yeah, and then I got involved with the Springfield uh, Committee, ran and got on the committee. Cool. Then in, what was it, 20... Yeah, damn, all the way up to 2016, um, got involved with Elaine Schaefer's campaign and then the Bernie Sanders campaign. Became Bernie Delegate. And after the aftermath of twenty sixteen, this new activity helped me uh get more active, I guess, in the young dems. Now there's young dems active. Yeah. We we so that's we're, interesting.
0: We're back, baby. Mm-hmm. I feel like <clears throat> I feel like we're in Ghostbusters too. This is the comeback. Yes. <laughs> <The comeback> in. <kids. laughs> um Gina, what about you? Where'd you uh, Um Where did you learn about this?
2: Yeah. Hi guys, I'm Gina Emeroso. Uh, i'm from clifton heights yes democrats do live in clifton heights they're just very quiet uh and most of them live in my house so let's be frank (laughs) um so i went through upper derby high school which was a very unique experience uh as we all talk about it's super diverse over there and uh very reflective of what not just like upper derby the township looks like but also i think what the country looks like you know
0: yeah. it's like 120 languages in yeah. the school system or yeah, something like, like that like one it's of the insane.
2: largest esl programs in the country <clears throat> awesome. and um it's awesome and so i was always very like aware of what was going on around me and um the struggles of my peers and how i very much had a different life than the people around me and like i did not grow up with money but i was very aware of like being a middle class white girl is like actually not terrible. Um and then I went to Temple University which like is almost just like mm-hmm. a bigger version of Upper Darby. Mm-hmm. Uh, my senior year I got involved into the Democrats cuz I was always somebody who was pretty aware of like what was going on politically around me. Um and then I had the honor of meeting Pasquale in 2013 oh. and Honor. And uh, <laughs> he became, like, my political soulmate, where, like, <laughs> we would just talk about things oh, <clears throat> for, like, hours, and the person we met through would just, like, sit in silence, I and mean, we'd be like, no, 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 <laughs> um, And then, yeah, in the start of 2016, he decided he wanted to be a Bernie delegate, and I wanted to help him. And then through him, I met Elaine Paul Schaefer as well, and we both worked on her campaign. And then, for me, it's kind of, like, taking off since then. Um then, in the beginning of 2017, I helped a friend of ours, Kristen Seal, who just won the Rotary Media School Board uh, Director position, I was helping her earlier this year. And even though I technically have my master's in counseling, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't exactly used it since graduating in May. Uh, in August, I moved to... <laughs> I know. In August, I moved to Virginia for three months and was a field organizer down there. So...
0: Awesome. What was that... What was that uh which race were you working so
2: i was on the house i was on a house delegate race so a house delegate is their house of representatives um virginia is still very traditional in some ways um and so i was working for mike mullen in district 93 he had just won last year in a special (coughs) and was actually running against the same woman oh jeez. uh this year last year he won by nine percent and this year we won by over 20 nice we kept her under 40 percent, which was awesome that's awesome um and then ralph obviously won the whole state but he like dominated our district we flipped counties that we had never flipped before so it was a great experience it didn't feel like it was a great experience the whole time i was there with Um, with your hour and a half
0: of sleep a night right right
2: right and like i think i have my total somewhere of like personal knocks and personal phone calls but it's like well over four thousand for each of them um and yeah it just it was just an experience like i'm so glad i went Cause I learned so much and did such, we did such good work down there and I met amazing people, but it was really nice to come home. <laughs> and like, yeah.
0: I remember, I remember talking to you like right after you got home and you were just like, I am tuning out for like two weeks. Yeah. Nobody call me.
2: I was like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about anything. I just want to be home with my family and friends and yeah. boyfriend and, and everything. So yeah. So that's my story.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I guess that means I've got to tell mine now, Um, (laughs) which is a lot less, (laughs) a lot less interesting. Um, I've only, you know, I've always kind of been aware of things. My dad was a union construction guy Mm. growing up. Uh, Most of my family was actually. Um, And I had, you know, general left leaning, hey, we should be nice to everybody, you know, syndrome all through high school. Um, you hippie! I yeah, say, the fact that that's a oh, left leaning. No, no. Yeah, <laughs> God. like don't be a dick is now an extremely you know democratic thing yeah, to say. I guess. exactly. Which Snowflake. is <laughs> insane. I, I know. Um, but you know, when I was in, I was wrapping up high school right at the start of uh, the Iraq War. Uh, my first week of my senior year was mm. September 11th. Um, so all of the stuff that George Bush did after that, you know, I was out in front of my high school with my duct tape cover to, uh, <laughs> acoustic guitar, you know, playing like <laughs> holding up no blood for oil signs. Oh, my God. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, I was I was that asshole. <laughs> um,
2: I like I love it. Though. Yeah,
0: yeah, it was it was it was interesting. Um, And I stayed into that a little bit into college until people realized, hey, wait, you're, you know. You're not as intense as we are about this. Um, so I kind of got a little bit discouraged by the people that were at the college I was going to. Um, so I just kind of took a step back. But, you know, watching everything that happened in the 2016 race, I ended up uh, you know, I didn't I didn't move to Upper Derby until twenty fourteen. So watching the twenty sixteen race sort of evolve here, having no idea about how any of this works, mm. you know, around <clears throat> Upper Derby or Delco or even really Pennsylvania that much. Um, I ended up sending an email through the Delco Dems website, just saying, please help me, please let me help stop the supervillains. Um, so they referred me over to the upper Darby committee. I showed up to my first meeting, uh, I think in October of 2016. Uh, so that was kind of the first time that I actually got involved. Um, my first time getting yelled at by old women while handing out literature in front of a polling place in somebody's garage, which is oh like my god, that's percent. where you, I
2: love that story. That yeah. somebody like because when you buy that house, they're like, hey, by the way, <laughs> yeah. this is a voting place. Yeah. Twice a year, we vote here. Two days a year,
0: your life's gonna suck. Yeah. Oh, I would love that. See, we
2: would love that, but like <laughs> I... ninety nine point yeah. nine eight percent of people are like, that is my personal hell. The average person,
0: is, yeah, that is not us. Lawn
2: signs, people in my house to vote. <laughs> oh.
0: The- just clutching their pearls and
2: out. I would get about dressed it.
0: up all nice.
1: I'd have <laughs> snacks.
2: Order pizza around noon. No.
1: Are you staying for lunch? No. Sorry. No, but Please they do not. get there at six I, o'clock. Yeah, that's fine. I'll be asleep.
3: <laughs> Here's the garage code. Here's the clicker.
0: Um, but yeah, since 2016, uh, you know, I've been getting angrier and angrier, and trying to channel that into something actually productive by doing things like. Joining young Dems and you know actually becoming uh, a part of the committee and actually going to school board meetings you know for the first time literally in my life before this year, I had been to exactly one uh township council mm. meeting in my life, and it was for a field trip in the third grade um, <laughs> but <laughs> You know, that I, counts.
2: That, I was gonna say that yeah, counts. No, it
0: totally does. It totally does. I didn't but, go on that. You've in been that active grade. longer than I have.
1: So
2: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you originally from Pennsylvania?
0: I grew up over in New Jersey. Okay. Um, I'm I sorry. grew up in.
1: <laughs> well, well, you've made whoa, a powerful one of this. <laughs> that's getting edited out. <laughs> the next podcast we could talk about.
2: How Gina had to exit. Philly's actual
1: boundaries <laughs> extend to South Jersey, so he's, may, he may as well
0: be part of Philadelphia. Oh, man. I. Mm.
1: But,
2: like, New Jersey and Pennsylvania are, like, so interesting because, like, New Jersey is, like, super corrupt, like, mm. especially, like, in North Jersey. But then, like, you come to Pennsylvania. Oh, you mean New York? Yes. Yeah, yeah. But then you, like, come to Pennsylvania, and you're like, oh, this is so weird, like... Delco super corrupt Republicans, but like Philly has like super corrupt Democrats, and like it seems like it's a blue state, but it's actually super red. Yeah,
0: let's so. let's let's reel in. Let's reel in the both parties are the same. The <laughs> talk. Uh, we'll get we'll get to that later mm. on in the show. Um, Season two.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly. That's that's the uh, that's if you sign up for our Patreon, that's the bonus content. <laughs> we don't have a Patreon or bonus content, downloadable content. All right, so. <laughs> I like this. It's a little loose. I'm into yeah. it. Uh, my job we is We should basic... totally do shots I was this saying... one time, just <laughs> so hurt. we're
2: like all <laughs> on the same page. You can cut this out or you can leave this in, but we should absolutely drink while we do this. I
0: can show you guys the 200 bottles of beer I have in this closet right next to us. Drunk oh, history, I drunk it. demo cast. <laughs> I it. That That has to be- What I actually wanted to launch <laughs> with was an election night party where we just got super hammered and turned on the microphones and just saw what happened.
2: Dude, I we're... can still do that. Yeah, I, we
0: Yeah. yeah. yeah we'll absolutely. record three hours and we'll use twenty minutes of it,
2: but I mean, like yeah. that's fine.
1: <laughs> three hours of it. Two of it is spent someone's crying in the background. <laughs> someone's snoring.
2: We can and get Chris in a terror scream crying el- to make Yeah, someone phone. else is just
1: laughing at memes. So <laughs> Which is you. <real. laughs> it's me. Surprise. Shockingly <laughs> shocking. <laughs> All right. I was gonna say if you want, you can talk about your uh Twenty election night stories. Oh
3: yeah, we didn't get to that.
0: Mine was super boring. Uh, I mm-hmm. spent 13 hours getting yelled at by old women who uh, insisted that there shouldn't be a Democrat in front of their place; it should be a Republican because this is a Republican area. Yeah, sure, um, totally. Little, yeah, little did I know what the what the deal was with that. Um, <laughs> the past year has been extremely informative. Um, but I came home at you know by the time I. By the time I got home, it was probably close to nine. Uh, my wife had MSNBC on, glued to it. Uh, in Well, she was mildly apprehensive. Um, the second Pennsylvania got called, I went to bed. Mm-hmm. The only thing I said is, I can't watch this happen. Mm-hmm. And then I woke up the next morning and I had to go to an apartment building in Philly for work. Uh, and the first person that saw me was uh, loading their kids up into the, the car to go to school. That just yelled at me as loud as they could. And I had no reason to stop her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had no reason to stop them from doing that. Yeah. Um, a couple of members of my team were in tears. Uh shit got real (laughs) so yeah we split off
1: and went into the bad universe yeah Yeah. the good yeah yeah we've we've
0: we've entered the the worst timeline possible yeah this this is the uh, this is the bad yeah we're yeah we're in bizarre world
1: all right uh so my election day night day after story (laughs) day after it it ends it ends positively with a a lift driver dressed as santa so (laughs) (laughs) that was it was november Oh he he needed to bring some Christmas ne- magic a little early <laughs> yeah, <he did>. um, <laughs> yeah, and he, he did, did. <laughs> he brought it um so I guess my election day story first, I mean, I was super nervous as being an ex bernie delegate at that point. We were all basically looked at like it's going well, but thanks for fucking it up. I'll be the first one to <laughs> <That's cool. laughs> explicit tag. Uh, we're explicit good. um so yeah, at my polling place, we had I don't know if you're aware of the uh. The Delco, meanwhile, and Delco meme page with the house that had all the Trump signs. I, ju- I just found out about that page like a couple months ago. Well, so. there was a house in Springfield. So they had a bunch of flags and banners and everything that just said Trump. And they drove around playing his speech, his speeches, which was technically at some point a form of voter uh, intimidation. Uh, but they would go to the voting places and get as close as they could, blaring it, and there was a woman dressed up as the statue of Liberty like in shackles, and I was like, "How are you gonna use the like the um like ninety nine percent movement but talk about tro-? like what are you are you
0: kidding me like yeah you're 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 doing it wrong, <laughs> yeah, I was
1: like, man, you've really gotta learn how to do this better if you want me to respect it <laughs> the thing,
0: like the problem is that they're trolls, but they're shitty trolls, yeah,
1: like, like i I have a lot of respect for a troll that knows the craft well. And when you do it poorly, I have no respect. Now you're just being an asshole. I really like when you troll good. Um, and then, yeah, they, they were chanting like locker up and stuff like that. So we're at the polling place. And even the Republicans that were working it um, didn't think that Donald Trump would be the next president. So I'm I'm there. I'm, I'm also hoping to hear good news about Elaine Paul Schaefer's campaign. So the second I get done, <clears throat> we get the results in. And I fly over to her um, campaign office, which was in uh, Brumo, right? Yeah. No, no, it was in a... uh, the shopping center. It mm-hmm. was in, um, wow, Lawrence Park. Yeah. And uh, we're sitting there and the results are coming in. And I was honestly more devastated about Elaine's race. Um, but, yeah, they're going through and we're looking like at Nate Silver's, like, what was it? three? What was it? 538, five, five, eight. Eight. New seen, York Times. You can tell at this point I started a... <laughs> Getting getting into the wine we had there. <laughs> and I'm watching and I'm like, okay, you know, the red states are voting red, like surprise. And then we're going through it and they're like, Oh, well, Pennsylvania and Ohio and like Wisconsin, all these places are too close to call. And I'm like, Really? Are you sure about that? I was like, I'm pretty sure and I always go to like, oh, Pittsburgh and Philly's gonna carry this. Don't worry about it. Then when they're like, Pennsylvania went red, I was like, Okay. Bought a pack of cigarettes, hadn't smoked in like a year, bought a pack of cigarettes, started <laughs> drinking Started smoking, and uh, we uh, after she did her um, concession speech, she uh, we me and Gina both went to our friend Kristen, or her Kristen Seals house, and uh, yeah. went the lift, and we are. <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely drunk, but we are going back and forth like we fucked up. This is a mess. We're screaming. The lift driver says nothing. The only time I've ever been in a lift where they Instant haven't five stars. Yeah.
2: I, I, that's just what like I gave let him. let us ramble. No,
1: I gave him five stars like a $15 tip. And I was like, sir, God Thank bless. You. I may never see you again, but I hope it all works out because we're going down together. And we get to Kristen's and we're, we're watching. We're waiting for like the speech. And I'm like, something's got to happen. I was like, Hillary's not gonna say no. Something nuts is gonna happen. Like, <laughs> Trump's gonna have a stroke or someone's gonna shoot him. I don't even know. But we're watching it and then uh yeah. Clinton comes out, and oh, oh my god, me and Kristen crying.
2: And which is hilarious because like they're not huge Clinton people. Like We
1: we actively helped to try and get Bernie <laughs> to beat her. And, <laughs> yeah. and I'm in tears. And like, I mean I voted for Clinton, but I just watching that. When she yeah. came out, and I was like, "No, you were supposed to do this." And then they're like, "Oh, the election. She tried to rig the election." I was like, "Shit." At this point, I wish she did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> controversy, <damn>. controversial.
0: <laughs> yeah, like be be better at rigging
1: elections.
2: <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> Apparently, that's where we are right if now. You're gonna
0: rig it, rig it right. Yeah. Damn.
3: Oh,
2: yeah. God.
3: Oh man.
0: Oh oh oh
1: oh oh. And then the, the end part, the, the super important part. So then we wake up. Um, we're in the basement.
0: Thank you for not driving home in the state you were in. No, I, no. Uh, I'll i tell
2: you about my oh, side of what happened <laughs> oh, that no. night. Oh, neither no. one of us were allowed to drive. Neither, <laughs> of the, neither one of us were allowed to walk up the stairs. We would have fallen. Yeah,
1: woke up and uh, I guess you can call it that. Woke up or came to. <laughs> um, <laughs> TV was like dimly lit watching like after post-election coverage and the empty hall that Hillary was in. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm like, okay, let's get this lift and just, let's just Let's go. Like, I don't even remember my thoughts, but we get in. Some guys dressed up like Santa. Beard and everything. Be- everything. And he had candy and water bottles. And I forget what he said, but. I'm like, I forget what he said, but I'll never forget it. But <laughs> I'll never forget the feeling he gave me. He did we're,
2: say something along the lines of like, I just felt like I needed to do that. Because he always does it because he, <clears throat> he grew his beard out every yeah. year to be like saying Oh, it Nina was a real beard, like, by the way. Like, yeah. it was real. And he was literally like, yeah, I felt like we were going to need this a little sooner than, I, I still than December 1st. <laughs> I
1: was still hoping they were going to say like, oh, we found like a a million ballots in a yeah. Philly Pencil- trash <laughs> site. You know, and I'm like, ah, I got them. Mm. But... I think that man might have been a literal angel.
2: <laughs> no, I think he was. Like... Have, ne-
1: have you ever seen him again?
2: I have not, no, actually. Boom.
1: Mystery solved. Here we go. Um... X-Files theme. <laughs> X-Files and Democast. <laughs> Paranormal <laughs> studies.
2: Um, so I'll go mine real quick because it's very aligned with Pascual since we spent most of it together, but um, at this time I was still a therapist, so I had clients from like 8 to 12 that day so like I had to vote super early the line was crazy long and like where I live in Clifton Heights like I immediately knew that was a bad sign like you don't Mm -hmm. get excited when you see a line out the door in my precinct Mm -hmm. (laughs) for Mm -hmm. voting um but I went in and I voted and then I had clients like back to back to back all morning and then spent the entire afternoon until my night class helping Elaine um driving around making sure all of our sites had lit and you know, everything people were taking care of. There was no voter intimidation, mostly in like Radnor and Newtown square ran to night glass and then ran back to Elaine's for the, for the results. And I like felt okay about mm-hmm. Elaine's. We had knocked a lot of doors. Our polling looked really good. People really like her, like Republicans were coming out for her. Like we went to an event that was literally like Republicans for Elaine Paul Schaefer mm-hmm. in Radnor and like cool. governor Wolf had shown up. So we were like, yeah, okay. Like, if she, if someone is going to flip it, it's going to be in 2016. It's going to be when it's an open seat, mm-hmm. and it's going to be somebody who is as likable and professional and awesome as Elaine. And so Elaine took a really like that's like the one thing that I look back on and I was like, I probably should have. We probably could have put two and two together way sooner than we did because like Elaine took a really long time to come to the office, like her and Devin, her campaign manager. And like now I look back and I'm like, yeah, they didn't want to come. <laughs> like they knew it wasn't going well. Like Mm -hmm. in my head and then they showed up and like I asked Devin like how how it's looking and he was just like please don't say anything but like not good and then like right after that it just went down real fast like states were dropping that were not supposed to drop and I think I was the same way like even though I knew my precinct was looking bad I thought I was like there's no way like this like literal piece of garbage is not going to be our president someday. Like the man can't form a sentence.
3: Surprise.
2: (laughs) And here we are a year later. Um,
3: It's always sunny music plays in the background. (laughs) There's no way this is going to happen.
1: I hope my district wins the Hunger Games next year.
3: Um, Oh, God.
2: So yeah, so Pasquale immediately started drinking. I knew I had to at least get our car to Pasquale's house so then we could lift.
1: Oh, my God, That's you did that. Yes,
2: I did. You're welcome. For a
1: second, I was like, wait. I was like, how did I get my car the next day? <laughs> I didn't get my car the next day. Gina was my lord and savior that <laughs> evening. Got so, it. So
2: uh, we go to his house. And, like, it still hasn't been called. Like, we left Elaine's after she conceded because it was just, like, people, like, in Elaine's office were crying because of Elaine, mm-hmm. like, and it was, like, this weird, like, okay, like, Hillary just needs to win, like, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Virginia, Florida, in wisconsin or something it was like Mm -hmm. it's doable it's not looking great but like it's doable we only
0: need like seventy five thousand people to show up it's fine this Mm
2: -hmm. is this is right so we were like pretty like devastated about elaine i I completely agree with pascal that i'm I'm think a year later i'm still more upset about elaine Mm -hmm. but that's neither here nor there um so yeah so then we went to Kristen's and i immediately started drinking because i was i knew i was not going to sleep that night being sober (laughs) if we're gonna be completely honest the alcohol had a different plan for you (laughs) yeah so i well kristen and pasquale started crying like once the once it was called and like hillary had conceded and kristen does what we call terror scream crying where like she was like literally screaming (laughs) and crying
0: like you don't even need to describe it just from what you call it i can yeah
2: and screaming because like it's beautiful i love it kristen is has such an interesting story and i totally want to bring her on here for her to talk about it herself but she's lived in so many different states she's lived around the world she has friends of every every Every. kind every background you can think of she knows somebody and so for her and similar to you and myself like it's very like the ideals that he represents are very harmful to people in my personal life and me being Mm -hmm. a woman and you being gay um
1: Oh, but we're telling people that
2: immediately? <laughs> Oops, I wanted them I just, to guess. I just outed you. My
3: you?
2: No. Episode one. Your
0: parents know, right? Like, it's cool. Oh, God.
2: <laughs>
1: don't let them listen to this podcast.
2: And so, yeah. And so she was very upset. She just was like, everybody's going to lose health insurance and their rights. And she, I mean, she's not wrong. I don't think mm. she was exaggerating. But it just got to the point where, like, I was, like, so sensory overdrive mm-hmm. that I, in about an hour downed by myself not proud of this sorry kids i'm a bad influence but i downed like two bottles of wine by myself just to be able to get to sleep that amateur. night <laughs> amateur <laughs> amateur for <laughs> grieving <laughs> um and then yeah we had santa drive us home the next morning which was great and then this was like the like the moment that i like everything kind of hit me was we were sitting in pascal's house and i was like i need a few minutes before i can drive and paul ryan gave his speech and at one point he literally says for the first time in X amount of years, we have a full Republican government in our, in our Senate, our House, and the White House. Since and I, like, wanted to throw up. Since
1: 1929. Yeah. And I don't know if you've read any history books, but spoiler alert, some bad shit goes <laughs> down around that <laughs> time.
2: Know hey. what? Now what happens? No, what?
1: Everything. Everything. <laughs> everything bad that you can imagine. Oh, and fun fact, a socialist president had to pull us out of it, so... Mm. maybe that's why we have
2: to look forward to (laughs) but anyway (laughs) take it off
1: the stove it's about to whistle so yeah
2: so then i had to go to class and like a room full of therapists had to talk about how we were feeling uh which was just great so by the end of like november 9th i was like i because i had the exact opposite that a lot of people had and i think it's because we had been involved Mm -hmm. previously but like, there are a lot of people who were like, I was so, you know, ready to go November 9th, and I was ready to crawl into a hole and never touch mm-hmm. a, a campaign ever again. So, I had the exact opposite effect after. I think it's because we worked so hard in 2016 yeah. for you, for Elaine, technically, even for Hillary and Bernie. I mean, at the end of the day, we were canvassing yeah. for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I had the exact opposite effect where I was like, I am never doing this ever again. And I'm about to enter <laughs> another year. <laughs> I'm never doing this again.
1: It's always sunny. Music plays another time.
3: <laughs>
2: As I just does, come back from Virginia. <laughs> Gina does
1: actually the exact same thing all over again.
2: So yeah, it's crazy times.
1: And we're here. And we're yes. here. Yes, December
2: seventh, eighth. Eighth. It's the eighth, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's the eighth. It's the eighth. Almost, oh, 2017.
1: Almost one full year into the presidency, we've 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 survived. Uh,
2: we're already looking at midterms, a y'all. A lot of
0: a lot of people haven't survived, and that's the problem. Well,
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah, let's but m- it's let's almost. Go... Let's
0: go real dark right we now. Need, we need to pour let's... one out and then <laughs> and then fucking go. Yeah, dog. <laughs> no,
2: 2018 will
0: light it up. Yeah, well, I feel good. I'm there. There were a lot of positive signs in 2017, <clears throat> especially you know with the first democrats actually winning an election in delaware county since the civil war and like i can i i speak to upper derby so much just because it's what i'm involved with Mm -hmm. the first time that the upper derby school board has had a democratic majority since the upper Darby school district has existed there are a lot of positive signs all of the the delegate races in virginia all of those local races that Mm -hmm. you know really have you know we flipped an oklahoma senate seat yeah. in november yeah, like dude. what
1: <laughs> an oklahoma senate seat yes i just wanted to repeat that because i would never say that in my entire life yes <laughs> democrats in oklahoma i
2: mean yeah but, and like you just have to think like like when we're talking about like upper derby like they're the first like democratic majority like grocery media has the first democrat on a seat in a seat in the school board since 1983 You know what I mean? Like, we're not talking majority. We're talking about a Democrat in a seat at the table. And there's stories like that all across Delaware County and school districts and, like, councils. And I think, like, that is so telling because I was very skeptical of this blue wave that everybody is convinced was happening because I was knocking doors and I was like, no, most people don't care anymore. Most people don't think their voice matters. And then seeing what happened, being a part of Virginia and then also at the same time have Delco do mm-hmm. what it did? Like, Virginia's a purple state. Like, it does this. It swings mm-hmm. left and it swings right. But Delaware County, to go to elect anybody county-wide yeah. blue, I l- almost fell out of my seat.
0: The last time I said, yeah, I feel super confident about this. This is probably going to happen. We saw what happened with mm-hmm. the president. Um. <clears throat> so I, I've i been very hesitant in, you know, taking real measured approaches to everything. Uh, I am I am cautiously optimistic though. Uh, I like the direction we're headed.
1: The yeah. one, the one thing I regret is when someone was like, "Oh, there's going to be a blue wave." And I was like, "Blue wave is bottom shelf in the corner of wine and spirits. It's not <laughs> happening in Delco." <laughs> and then I mean, I'm glad that I have to eat my words, but I, I was like I've when you when you've been active so long, you like it's not happening. But You get cynical. We real live fast. in a way different Delco now, so that's exciting. And I also yeah.
2: think like people like ourselves are going to hold people accountable like there are certain things that worked in 2017 across the country and like that are not gonna don't know yeah and like but there are certain things mm-hmm. that are tried and true measures like field like when we talk about canvassing and knocking on doors and getting the community involved like talking i to people help. <laughs> talking to people talking to republicans and democrats and telling people why your school board matters why your township matters why your state senate matters like how many people know the difference between like their state house rep mm. and their like their congressman?
0: Yeah, and that's very much you know the people like me where the presidential election in 2016 was such a smack in the face. You know there are so many more people that are actually getting involved and you know trying to find all of this information and you know I had ne- I had never called a senator before mm-hmm. until. Pat Toomey started fucking up on healthcare. Like that was the first time, you know. I and now like I know, I know all of my representatives, and you know I'm I'm much more involved than yeah. I ever assumed I would be. Mm-hmm. And I really hope that energy keeps up. I really hope it does.
2: I think like the one, and this is like the last thing I'll say before we like dive into our our topics is that like I am as a therapist, I really like. And what I call like we call like positive psychology, which is like even like the shittiest situations, you have to find a silver lining. And Mm. I think this is this whole Trump administration, what, you know, our legislators are doing both in Harrisburg and D.C., it like drains you and it makes you really angry and sad and apathetic or whatever. But I think like the one silver lining is, is that like a lot of Americans are paying attention now and like everybody's getting a civics lesson right now. Yes. Like what happens at your local level what happens at your state what happens in your in the capital like what happens in dc because like i said like how many people before november 9th 2016 knew what their state house did knew what their state senate did knew the difference between their state house and their Mm -hmm. congressman or their senator and their state senator and how many people knew that we had a lieutenant governor how many people know what a solicitor to a school board is how many you know what i mean so we knew that. Some of us knew that. People who well, have I, done this for a while. I didn't.
0: I, I and right. I'm, I'm. I'm vaguely ashamed to admit that I didn't. But but I also think
2: know. like that's also that's like that's voter people. suppression. They don't want you to know no, that. But that's
0: also a lot of people.
1: People want to be able to vote for somebody and then be like, I mean, honestly, vote and then be like, okay, done. I did my job. They're gonna make. They're gonna make it work. That's why I hired them. And then and that's not.
0: I I just want to. I I don't mean to cut you off, no. but. I definitely want to make sure that we know that that's a super important part of it, mm-hmm. but that's not the only part of no, it. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I agree. But, I agree.
0: But, yeah, I guess I'll
1: like But, like, the
2: silver lining. Like, we're yeah. all learning, and we yeah. learn more. Like, there are definitely yes. things I've learned in the last year that I didn't know in oh, the last yeah. two years, and... Yeah. Yeah.
0: The word khaki in fact. <laughs> <laughs> Greek for rule by the worst.
2: <laughs> rule by the
0: worst. just the absolute fucking worst. That no. seems like a good, like like a a good, good place to end. end. For <laughs>
1: all right, we'll see you guys in a week. S- silver lining and the worst. Now segue, Al
0: Frank.
3: Yes.
2: <laughs> to the happiest topic for Democrats right so. now.
0: Yeah, so uh, as we record, this happens. what was that, two days ago or yesterday? I don't know. He resigned know. yesterday. Every yeah. Thursday,
2: yeah. It blurs. It's all yeah. one day. Yeah,
0: yeah. Everything is, every day is like a month long. Inauguration till now, I thought was...
1: Oh, it's been like 15 years, yeah. I'm like, is it the 2020s yet? Yeah. no. Hey, Um, midterms.
2: Midterms are in a
0: year. But, yes. Uh, They're, yes. So, yeah. Al Franken. Fuck that guy. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Topic two. Straight
2: (laughs) up. You're talking to the wrong members of young Democrats right now. (laughs) If you are an Al Franken fan, please skip ahead. (laughs) So, anyway, in case you guys couldn't tell, we all feel the same way about Al. Uh, Mike, why don't you, you have very, uh, uh, have articulated a lot of feelings about this topic. I
0: I don't disagree with a single vote that Al Franken has ever made. Mm -hmm. I also think that him resigning is absolutely not just the right thing to do. The only thing to do. Mm -hmm. There is absolutely no room for anybody who behaves like that in any sort of public office you know and if we were to try and defend that then all of the talk about Roy Moore is unfit for the Senate because he's probably an actual child molester mm-hmm. or Donald Trump has you know admitted on tape to sexual assault or you know any of those Blake Farenthold is a complete scumbo any of those statements will ring completely hollow if we don't also hold people like John Conyers mm-hmm. and Al Franken and bill clinton and all of the rest of them to the same standard you know it's not it's it's much less of a partisan thing for me than mm-hmm. you know an absolute base level humanity thing where these people you know and i do not mean to equate you know child molestation with what al franken does mm-hmm. there are certainly grades of the same thing mm-hmm. but they are they are there is a lot of distance between them one, you should probably go to jail for. The other one, you know, you definitely shouldn't be in the Senate. Yeah. And then, you know, whatever else happens, happens. Um, you know, and I feel weird being like the dude talking about this. <laughs> uh, there is no reason this should be controversial whatsoever. All of the people who are saying, oh, well, we have to be careful. You know, we don't know what's going to happen with the seat. Fuck that. Do the right thing. Doing the right thing is going to be important for the long term, regardless of what the short term ramifications are, which I personally don't think are going to be that severe, but that's neither here nor there. If we do the right thing, we show the slightly more than half of the American population who are women that one party does not have your back and one party does. Mm-hmm. If we get out in the front and you know we don't play to the lowest common denominator and say, Oh, well, if their guys aren't going to resign for doing the same bullshit, why should ours? Rant over.
2: So, I 100% agree with everything Mike said. Well, like, 99. And I'll tell you the one thing I I disagree on. So, like, since, like, this is, like, our introductory episode, right? So, like, a lot of my background, like I mentioned, is, like, I went to school for counseling for therapy. And a lot of my practice and a lot of my research has been in, like, sexual violence. And... I think the thing that has really gotten under my skin about this whole thing is people are saying, like, not that they're not the same thing, which is not what you said, but there are people who are saying they're not the same thing, but we're also, in that moment, we are, like, dehumanizing and completely invalidating someone someone's experience. Like, a woman getting her ass grabbed, yeah, like, that actually might be very traumatic for her. Like, it is not your ass to grab. Don't grab it. Like... Know what it's I'm not saying? To Don't
3: touch yeah, us.
2: like yeah. it's really that simple. Like I'm really sick of reading these comments that are like, "Are men not allowed to hug anymore?" And it's like, "Did you ask?"
3: Yeah, like it's
2: not that hard. Like, did you ask? Because I actually really hate it when like I can tell I'm gonna have to hug an old creepy dude because like it's like what is expected of me, and like I think every single woman I know, Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal, completely unaware, completely doesn't care. Like we all have those experiences mm-hmm. where it's like, oh man, I had to like. He's going to, like, force, like, a hug on me and, like, I don't want it. But it's people are around. I know what's expected of me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so I think, like, my big struggle are people are saying, well, it's not it's, – it's definitely not as bad as more. And it's, like, objectively, yes. But, like, what if it was a very traumatic experience for mm-hmm. one of Al Franken's, like, victims? So that's where mm-hmm. I'm, like, how about you just say, like, it's not cool. Don't touch anybody that's not attached to you mm-hmm. or that you haven't asked permission instead of saying – what's the lesser of two evils? Because at the end of the day, what that victim experienced, like, I think people are trying to invalidate that. And they're only trying to invalidate that because he's a Democrat. Because if Al Franken was a Republican,
0: Uh, every Democrat... We'd be screaming to launch
3: him into the sun,
2: yeah. Exactly. And then my second point is, to expand on, like, what you're saying is, you know, we can't sit here and try to take a moral high ground on women's issues and on, like, Creepy dudes being in our legislature if we are accepting one because we're afraid to lose a Senate seat or Roy Moore might get like Roy Moore like that is like not the least of my problems but like that is not shocking to me it does not surprise me that the GOP is like yeah like that's fine and like all of a sudden like the national committee is dumping one hundred and seventy thousand dollars into him in the last week of the campaign like. I'm at the point now where, like, that's not surprising. Look who's in the White House. Look what they clearly didn't care about grabbing pussies. So, not really shocked. My problem is, is, like, it's hip- it's completely hypocritical for the Democrats to be, like, oh, Roy Moore, pitchforks and everything. Mm-hmm. And then Al Franken, it's every excuse in the book. Tweedin's a, a Trump supporter. And it's, like, oh, like, what about the six other women? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... If that's your argument, that's fine, but...
0: Yeah. 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 And I I definitely didn't mean to, like, minimize anybody's experience. No, no, no. And
2: it's not even... It was something that you had said that... (laughs) Because I made it a New Year's resolution last year after 2015. shit. You kept to them? (laughs) No, I did. I don't... First of all, I don't follow any news sources on social media. And I don't read comments. Often. Sometimes I'm like... (laughs) Sometimes I'm like, oh, what absolute tomfoolery is going on in here because i commented (laughs) on one video last year oh dear and i actually got like a thousand likes on the comment but then i got like a thousand you're terrible you're every curse word every snowflake libtard which like is my like cringiest name that they call us is libtard guys for so many reasons snowflake
1: but starbucks's cup is green and (laughs) i'm going to protest by buying it and writing jesus on it yep and trump
2: Thanks for the money. Um, And so, yeah, so I try, like, not to read it, but I'm always, like, really interested because I'll see people on my feed who claim to be progressive or liberal, and some of them I'm actually very close to, and they're defending this or trying to come up with excuses. Mm -hmm. Like, somebody said there was a piece, and I don't want to say where it was from, but it was basically, like... I believe Al Franken's accuser. I'm a feminist and I still want him in office. And it was basically like, he's going to protect all of that we stand for and all of our rights. And I was like, you literally sound like people in Alabama who are saying, yeah, I totally believe his victims, but he's better than a Democrat. So yeah. we are literally like in the gutter with the GOP now. Yeah. And so I'm gonna say cause it's definitely not like you saying something triggered me to think of something else another uh, word i really can't stand because it has
0: actual uses in psychology so right like-
2: when people are like try to uh, like and that's like my my like mini 2 minute rant is like people actually can be genuinely triggered it is very important that certain things have trigger warnings because i personally have sat in a room when someone gets triggered and they're inconsolable and can't catch their breath and go into a panic attack and need to get into an ambulance and need to get to a hospital and ptsd is real y'all like millennials Mm -hmm. didn't create this shit like it's been around for decades for probably centuries like should we talk about what happens when people come home from war should we talk about world war ii and vietnam vets like i could go on this rant but i'm not going to right now but my mini rant for everybody listening is like please stop saying like, Oh, are you triggered? Cause actually somebody might be. And like, let them have their peace. Thank you. Pasquale.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. Follow that what, act. What what part do I touch on <laughs> from World War II to Al Franken? Where would you like me to go? Um, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I try and be comp- as understanding as possible because my political science degree has taught me to weigh everybody's side of it and like use research to figure out my opinion. And I, I was debating, when I first heard it, I'm like, yeah, absolutely, Al Franken needs to, to step down. I thought it was pretty cool that he was like, yeah, he admitted it. I mean, well, he didn't lie, so, I mean, there's that. I mean, I guess we can...
0: The first response wasn't great. The second no. one was better.
1: No, but, I mean, it it was kind of just slightly refreshing. Um, The fact that... um. Yeah, that people are like, oh well, I don't want to lose him in the in the Senate because what if a Republican gets in? I'd rather have a Republican that's not being accused of sexual assault than a Democrat. I mean, maybe unpopular opinion, I guess, depending on uh who listens. Um, but I mean, I, I just the whole the whole situation kind of boggles my mind that we want to yeah we want to skewer Roy Moore, we want to skewer anyone who's accused of sexual assault, and then be like, oh well, we can't lose a vote. I did try and wonder. I'm like, is that privileged of me to be like, oh, we can afford to lose a Democrat vote when we genuinely can't in this economy? Um, <laughs> we we can't really afford to lose a Democratic vote. But I'm I'm personally at the at the point where I'm like, I would rather have Democrats I can get behind and a party I can be proud of than to be like, well, we had to defend this person because you know Trump's like, no,
0: we have to you know sink to their level. I, I yeah. I, 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 We're all clearly on the same page. I'd
1: rather be able to get behind five Democratic senators and be like, oh, yeah, 100 percent. I'm behind them then. Like, oh, well, we got 10 that are a little iffy over here. But
2: that's like what we were talking about earlier. Like, do we just get blue into office? But then we also need to make blue better because there is such a, I think, a desire. And not just for Democrats or for progressives, but also some faction of republicans that really do want a third party Mm -hmm. but like right now the system we have is like that's not viable and sustainable so we need to make our party better and get the and convince those people that like Mm -hmm. actually like maybe you won't agree with a hundred percent of what we're doing but we're still better than that guy
1: and a funny argument i've been hearing is people like oh well the republicans won't hold themselves to that standard and it sounds like when you were younger and used to ask your mom like oh well my friends allowed to do it and they're like well
2: your friend is not my kid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's
1: a kind of what it's sounds It's like, okay, well, re- the yeah. Republican senator is not your, our guy. <laughs> like, if your
0: friends voted libertarian, would you too? Yeah, you know, and it's like, <laughs> no. Um, that's actually a perfect segue into the second thing that I wanted to talk about here. Um, there was an opinion piece in USA Today uh, that came out, I guess, on Wednesday of this week, the 6th. Uh, the headline just said, Republican war on millennials looks like a suicide mission. This is about a lot of polls have been coming out recently showing that, you know, all of these policies that the Republicans are trying to put in place nationally and at the state level uh, are absolutely torpedoing their popularity with uh, millennials will, you know, we will deal with that term while at the same time, you know, shoring up their support with the baby boomers and, you know, the the people who are going to not be around to vote probably in the next five to ten years. Um, Just to throw a couple of numbers out at you guys, Uh, there was an NBC News Gen Forward poll uh, where only 19% of millennials identified with the Republican Party. Uh, 71% said the GOP does not care about people like them. Those numbers are not surprising to me in the least. Mm -hmm. Um, What was a little bit more surprising to me... um, was in the same poll, uh, 71% of millennials said that they wanted a third party because neither of the two really fit their worldview. Um, So I just wanted to get you guys' uh, thoughts on that. Let's
1: push the ex-Bernie delegate into. Do we need a third party? Um, (laughs) Also, this
2: is actually one of the few things I think you and I probably are very have very different, not very different. We we might, I might be. We might we we might be throwing hands in a second. Depending for a
1: second, I was trying to look extremely small. Well, for a second, I was looking into your glasses to make sure my image wasn't turned into like Jill Stein. Um, (laughs) I mean. I, mean, I, I liked I liked well I liked her chance outside of a uh, the Wells Fargo Center at the DNC. I really appreciated that.
3: <laughs> it made me feel like a
1: celebrity whenever all the people were screaming and I just opened my thing like Superman, have a Bernie shirt on. And people cheered. I was like, yeah, I'm going in. It's probably going to be red wedding style, but hey, um, yeah, I, I completely I, I see that now more than ever. After, after before the DNC, I mean, I'm a Democrat because. I mean obviously growing up gay there was one party that was helping that situation and um one that obviously wasn't and it my whole family it's always been that thing where it's like you know if you're working class or anything you're going to vote democrat because they have your back and it's kind of I've grown up that way and yeah I've seen it not happen I've seen it happen but anyway to keep going um yeah the idea of this of millennials wanting a third party whatever you want to define as millennials probably what they mean to say is People maybe under the age of forty, or people who don't have kids yet, or, or even who just had kids. Um, I
0: think I think the poll was eighteen to twenty
1: nine. Uh, well, oh wow, even even more narrow, which explains it. Um, I mean, yeah, and, and if you look at the the twenty sixteen election, Bernie's main base. I guess you could help. I could help talk about that. Um, after the DNC, there were so many people that I had represented at the DNC that I had to then turn to, and say, Hey, you voted for me to go there. I'm going to vote for Hillary in the general election, and just the complete disconnect after that, um, and people just being like, "Nope, voting Stein, voting Johnson, getting out of this." And I think what it is is that when Democrats are in control and re- only Republicans can check them, you can't. I mean, there's only so much that can happen. If you have three people in a room fighting, it, it might it might like even out a little bit. Um, a multi party system would be more beneficial because at this point it's really just a one party whoever's in control is in control of it all and um yeah i mean it makes sense especially you know 18 to 29 we see our parents going through these ridiculous just like paycheck to paycheck for most of us and or if you're on your own and it's just it's insane it's insane to to be like oh i hope a democrat gets in because there's no one else that's going to help or i hope a republican stays in third party might help a I don't know. provide some sort of maybe balance.
2: So surprisingly we like completely agree with each other. So we we we'll we tend to sometimes get into it on the Dance discussion of it. like what would happen if Bernie was a democratic nominee in 2016 mm-hmm. and I am a very I strongly believe that he would not beat Donald Trump after not Oh, be- don't you dare. <laughs> oh, boy. No, oh, boy. total joke. Total joke. it's, it's total something joke. that we Like, sometimes we're, like, on the same page, and then sometimes I get, like, very much, like, no, it wouldn't happen. And he's like, no, but, like, we don't know. And I'm like, no, but I do know. Sometimes
1: we're on the same page, and then you flip the page, and I'm in a completely different genre of books.
2: Yeah, we're, like, not even on a bookshelf together. Um, So, no, I totally believe that a third party would be great. My only concern is, and this is where I've learned through my time and in... Uh, especially in Virginia, I think is when I realized a lot of this. Like, I'm very much an established progressive. So, like, I can recognize that, like, yeah, in theory, like, a third party right now would be great because I'm super left and actually probably too left to be a Democrat. Mm -hmm. However, also right now, like, we have, like, terrible people in office right now from the White House down. And we have to stop, like, probably at least, what, two or three potentially in the next eight years Supreme Court seats are going to be up. Mm -hmm. Like... Yeah, I would love to sit here and start building a third party, but it's not viable and sustainable at this moment for what we're up against is my only concern. But yeah, sure. Like once we get these absolute shitbags out of office, would I like a third party that maybe represents me a little bit more and like isn't Jill Stein? <laughs> sure, that'd be great. <laughs> uh,
1: just, I was going to say, just to pause, if this ever gets to uh, Ruth on the Supreme Court – if she needs blood or anything like bone marrow rb rb's rbg has got my liver whatever man. you need
2: we will literally um, build her like a cadaver body
1: i will do whatever you need <laughs> like, just just hold on like futurama <laughs> head
0: in jar yeah, like
2: whatever yeah, you got to no. do mike gives a liver i give a kidney you give a lung someone gives bone marrow whatever yeah. we can do to hold on um, anyway mike <laughs> no here. i'll
0: say yeah i'll no i'll say that i'm I'm probably, and our opinions are are our, our ours. These yeah. do not reflect anybody, any other group. This does not opinion. represent the yel- there young are,
2: Delco Dems of, yeah, there are people of in our the, party.
0: Put there, this in the front. <laughs> there are people in the Delco Young Dems that would absolutely lose their minds hearing this conversation. Yes.
2: <laughs> I think these are conversations that right now, because I do believe that we need to, like, we need to stay Democrats because... Mm-hmm. Right now, it's, like, our only good option. Oh, 100%. So, but, like, also the conversation of, like, Democrats, and I think this is the biggest reason that they they didn't win in 2016, is, like, they didn't have a platform and they don't have an identity. And I think that's starting to change a little bit. Absolutely. But also, like, it's a big problem. And I think also, like, that's why they actually don't speak to millennials the way I think they think they do.
0: And I will say... That I've noticed that as a problem much more on the national level than it is on the local Mm -hmm. level. On the local level, there are a lot of people doing a lot of good work in their local parties, in the school boards, in the township councils, running for mayor, that are much more reflective of the things that I personally would like to see. Um, You know, and I do think that, you know, because I've, as part of getting involved with this whole thing, you know, I was going to Indivisible meetings, I was trying to do, you know, activist kind of things... It just seems to make more sense to me at this point in time to do the work from the inside. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. if I want if I want something to change, I'm not necessarily going to reinvent the wheel. Mm -hmm. You know, it makes much more sense from my point of view to take the party that is relatively close and sort of have have an influence, have a seat at the table so Mm -hmm. that they they actually realize, oh, wait, these are younger people that are going to be voting for somebody for the next 40 or 50 years. uh, So we need to make sure that we actually bring them into the fold. I'm not not opposed in theory to a third party that is, you know, extraordinarily progressive. But if we can use the infrastructure that already exists to make that happen, Mm -hmm. that's going to make all of our jobs substantially easier.
2: Like, I also feel if the Democratic Party uh, at every level, local, state, national, could all get on the same page of like, What is the message? (laughs) Mm -hmm. What is our identity? And then, because I think, like, I read, I heard, I read something over summer, like, 60% of Republicans under the age of 40 actually believe in gay rights and support gay marriage. Mm -hmm. That's a huge chunk of people that I think, when I heard that stat, it really, like, got me thinking that there are a lot of, like, Republicans. So I think if they actually understood what the party stood for and this has been Democratic problems for like this is not a new issue. Like if you go back like this is always kind of been our problem once we were established as like the progressive I use that in quotes uh, party is like we're really struggling. We struggle to what our identity is. What our mess, our messaging is God awful. Like if you ask a Republican what Democrats stand for it's like we're either communist and socialist or you know what I mean? Like, and no, there are like very concrete mm-hmm. ideas that when you talk to the right people, you hear these ideas. Also, like, everybody on social media thinks they have a political science degree and can speak for a party and their message, and they can't. And but I just I'm- want
1: to say the only person in this conversation, maybe at the moment, it's going to be me. And all my <laughs> Facebook friends need to stop attacking me. <laughs> I went to school for this shit, goddammit. <laughs>
2: You of all people, like, you went to school for this. And like, I don't even
1: post crazy shit. I'm just like, guys, we really need to do our research. And people are like, fuck you, you liberal socialist bastard. And I'm like, thanks, mom. <laughs> 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 Good talk. Just kidding. My mom said third that. Third grade teacher oh, from elementary school. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man.
2: I saw a friend of mine. Um. So I went, I spent like a week up at uh, the law school, but at Yale at their campaign school for women. Oh, cool. And, um... We had, like, this big group project. It was, like, 15 of us in, like, one group and there was many of us. And we had to – we were just, like, talking. And one day she was, like, yeah, I, like, got into it with my third grade teacher about, like uh, – I think it was, like, single-payer healthcare or something. Mm-hmm. And, like, her like teacher, like, blocked her and everything. And I was, like, Jesus. Oh,
1: I've straight up blocked – Friends, well, and my-, my my high school Italian teacher is lefty as fuck. It's cool.
2: <laughs> I love that.
1: Well, I i have uh, two quotes that I wanted to bring up that you guys were talking about, uh, correlating with the whole Dem Enter movement. I remember um, it was Simone Sanders that was the one that she she backed Bernie Sanders, and she was huge in the campaign. And it's escaping me what she did at the moment, and it's really bothering me. I want to say she was like his outreach.
0: I think she was, like, his press secretary or something. Something Something like that.
1: Whatever it was, she was doing an amazing job at it because when she came to Temple, it wasn't even Bernie. She just came out and everybody was like, oh, my God. Like, I would have crowd surfed if people could (laughs) have carried me and I trusted them. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, and and she said, you know, people were asking her, well, are you going to leave the Democratic Party? And she said, absolutely not. I'm going to stay here and fight for the soul of the party. She didn't agree with the platform fully. Um, But that and, who was it, Barney Frank that said if you're not – at the table you're on the menu and i mean it just why would you if you i i get it but like if you relate closer to the democratic party and you know that we're stuck in a two-party system i i hate saying it because i sound like the people i was fighting the entire campaign but like being involved it's like it's all we've got at the moment get involved help bring your opinion to the table there's way more people that agree with each other than you think like yeah. yeah you might not believe universal health care works. Okay. You have that debate with other people in your party and you come together with an inform- informed opinion. But I think too many people now are single issue voters where you're like, mm. if you're pro-choice, wait, not pro-abortion, if you're pro-someone-is-allowed-to-make-a-decision. Preach. <laughs> Get the tea out. You totally um, don't mean me going
2: on that rant right now. I mean, no, but I'm just saying,
1: if you, I mean, you can be Republican and vote for a pro-choice candidate. And be like, I'm not for abortion, but I believe a woman has that choice. That's fantastic. But, I mean, yeah, pro-choice does not mean you're going to go into a gas station and there's going to be like... Equipment to do the abortion right there. Like, yeah. people are nuts. I
2: mean, if they illegalize abortion, that's literally probably what would happen. Yeah. But that's well, not what's tell, happening yeah. right well, now. Well, tell me why
1: there's Viagra in a gas station bathroom. But y- mean, you know what? We are so we're, far off to topic. But
2: anyway, to come back, my, what my original point was when I first Keep originally segued was I think that if Democrats at every level could come up with what their messaging is and their identity and what is going to speak to them. I think we would actually get a lot more, quote unquote, moderate Republicans. I do actually am one of the few Democrats who believe that they still exist Um, or independents or people who are unsure. I think we would get a lot more of them on our on our side if we could just all come together and figure out what do we stand for? What do we believe in and And stuff like that?
0: Until the primary in 2016, I was registered independent. Mm-hmm. I registered the day I turned 18 years old. I registered independent. Mm-hmm. I switched my party affiliation so that I could vote in the primary mm-hmm. for Bernie.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I have but, to every
0: time. But uh, <laughs> I mean, we all voted for but, Bernie at this table right now. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but there's there's, Kicked you know, exactly. I feel like that's what a lot of people do, especially mm-hmm. younger people. They end up just registering independent and then voting for, you know, the more liberal of the parties. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that, you know, like we've been saying, all of us have been saying, you know, making a consistent message uh, will help sort of draw them into the into being more active and sort of paying closer attention.
3: If you're
1: independent and you're listening, but you lean left, help. Us. Yeah. Please, please, <laughs> please
0: pull up a chair, get to the table, please.
2: Tell us your thoughts. We want to hear them.
0: Getting involved at the local level uh also means kind of being aware of what's happening. Uh the one local story that I really want to touch on today um is this uh this madness that uh until very recently was going on with the Drexelbrook uh hotel that they're building in Drexel Hill. Um it seems like they've kind of put the brakes on it a little bit. Um, but you know, for those who aren't aware, uh, they're building a hotel at the Drexelbrook uh, to try and you know compete with places like Springfield Country Club, where they can actually have people get completely shit hammered and then not drive home. Um, so <laughs> what a system! It yeah. works, and you know, drive more business. You know, create some cons- temporary construction jobs, create some you know boost economy. Th- yeah, yeah, it's certainly about good. It. No reasonable person thinks that having a hotel there is a bad idea. Uh, What a lot of people thought was a bad idea um, was something that slipped under the radar. They wanted to do this uh, LERDA tax abatement, uh, Local Economic Revitalization Tax Assistance. Uh, This is a law uh, that's been in Pennsylvania since the 70s, uh, where they're allowed to basically designate areas as economically distressed or, or as deteriorated areas. Uh, So they're able to actually give businesses that want to build things there and sort of boost the local economy uh, tax breaks. Um, Upper Darby decided uh, in 2004 that they were going to do some revitalization along 69th Street, which is reasonable. That's a, you know, relatively low income area and they've brought a lot of businesses to it. Uh, And they did that by giving them this tax break. Uh, in that law they passed in 2004, they also said anything zoned as you know, these sort of commercial zoning districts, mm-hmm. which is a whole other thing, uh, but suffice to say any business in these specific areas can also apply for one of these uh, Lurda tax abatements. Uh, and one of the areas that they designated is the land that the Drexelbrook is on right now. Mm. Um, so now come to 2017, uh, when they're actually getting the construction started, uh, the Drexelbrook folks decided to actually apply for this, which is a one page photocopied form that you can find, uh, Jesus, I didn't yeah, know that. uh, upper Derby mm. mayor Tom McCosey actually, uh, emailed it to me. Um, it's ridiculous. Um, but this passed through the township and the county with absolutely no problems because surprise, surprise, uh, the school board also levies taxes on houses mm. uh so in order to uh get the tax passed it needed to go through the uh school board as well um which was one of the greatest meetings i have ever heard i wasn't able <laughs> i wasn't able to go uh but i was able to listen to an audio recording mm. of that meeting they called this meeting uh of the upper derby school board a week before the new democratic members were going to be sworn in uh, to try and jam this vote through in a special meeting, um, it got stalled for so long that people had to leave so they weren't didn't have enough school board members to actually take the vote.
2: Yeah, actually, there's a yeah. lot here that I I've, thought I knew and then you were like, actually, so I've, keep going. I've
0: literally learned... I have all, so many
2: thoughts to say after.
0: <laughs> I've literally learned all of this stuff in the past two weeks because all of a sudden this was like a problem that I I knew about. Mm-hmm. So, of course, now that it's been... Put through the Republican Township Council and the Republican County Board. Uh, we now desperately need to pass this. Oh my God, you're rolling your eyes so hard. I think I'm you also going to make sure out. my
2: sigh is nice and audible. Yes. Please don't take that out. <laughs> Keep going though. Never. Um.
0: Never but like, yeah, sigh. so many people. So many people showed up and made comments. Uh, that. Um, You know, it was like a two hour long school board meeting uh, just for like that one little committee. Luckily, uh, earlier this week, uh, the new school board members were sworn in uh, and they decided immediately that their first uh, their one of their first official acts was going to be to uh, table the decision on that tax abatement uh, until uh, they had a chance to actually write up a policy for how they're supposed to handle these tax abatements in the future. So (laughs) interestingly enough. The people at the Drexel Brook admitted uh, during that uh, meeting that they were going to finish the building anyway. So, this is literally using a 13 year old law to just give somebody a bunch of money. Oh, by the way, they just raised our property taxes uh, on homeowners. So, and welcome to Delaware County. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For those so... of you who are joining
2: us from across the state and across the country, <laughs>
0: our, int- our intro uh, episode got one download in Germany. I don't know why. I like it but if you who's don't got know, thoughts on that <laughs>
1: well first if you don't know you're in Delco go to your nearest Wawa and if someone's eating off the trash can
2: <laughs>
0: welcome Fucking also, <laughs> like.
2: also if you almost get into two car accidents in your Wawa parking lot oh, yeah? you're also in Delco actually that's a Wawa thing I have a big conspiracy theory about if, this that if, we'll talk about another if time Wawa is both
1: the most violent and peaceful place you've ever been to you're in Delaware
2: County
0: <laughs> anyway um, Um, so tax abatements
2: yeah so tax abatements uh so to put it in one word i think it's bullshit uh for a lot of reasons one you know we talk about like 69th street and like in its own way where they're deciding to allocate this tax abatement is like a form in my mind of like almost like gentrification like Mm -hmm. there is a like it 69th street is like very very diverse it's very non-white um and it used to be like a very like flourishing area and like it could be like it's very clear what taxes and you know um budget cuts have done to that area what you know what local politics can do to an area I think is very shown at at 69th street and don't get me wrong like the Drexelbrook has had its up and downs over the years like my mom lived there like 30 years ago before Mm -hmm. she married my dad and like it was super nice when she left, and then it went down, and then it went up, and then it went down, and now I think it's pretty much back up. But, like, y'all don't need that money. Like, you're still building it. It's not, it's just for you to get more money. And exactly, that's and nonsense.
0: The law at the state level says that it's supposed to be for depressed areas. Mm-hmm. The way that our township has decided to interpret that is completely off base, in my opinion. And it sounds like in yours too, Gina this is the kind of thing that would have shocked me a year ago that does not shock me at all it's, once you it's, learn exactly exactly once you start looking at it and you're saying okay well they're going to give a tax break to this business that's making, you know, 10 million dollars a year meanwhile, you know, all of <laughs> all of the taxes are going up and uh, you know, making making it that much less possible for anybody to buy a freaking house around here. And, you know, still we still have the problem of if the If a business is not paying these taxes, then that's going to be less money in the school district's pockets and less money for us Mm -hmm. to fix potholes and shit like that. So this is, you know, especially in a town and a school district where, you know, not five years ago we were fighting to make sure that there was still like an arts program, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, to to pass up on money that we could possibly have is absolutely mind boggling to me.
2: Yeah, and I think like the they say depressed, but there's another word that they use in the language of this law. And I'm reading it. When I first read it, I was like, "That is not Drexel." Like we, the three of us were actually just at Drexelbrook last night at a banquet hall for a holiday party. Like mm-hmm. I'm not walking around here thinking like, "Wow, this place is really depressed." Like, yeah. and for those of you who don't know, like real quick background, like the Drexelbrook is a like apartment complex but
1: the condos living community. Yeah. Yes. Like a big
2: living community that has a strip a, mall. There's a mm-hmm. strip mall and then like a huge banquet hall in the middle that people get married at. My senior prom was there. I'm pretty sure upper derby proms are still there. Um and so it's definitely like a place that's like not in need of a of like a tax cut or a tax break. Wow. Like I can probably list like five to fifteen small business owners on 69th street whether it's a food place or a boutique or a nail place, I could actually use it and like actually be able to boost the local economy mm-hmm. in that way, especially because that's the place that needs it most. Like most people, most businesses in Drexel Hill, like, and I'm not saying that business people don't struggle. Like I'm not anti-business and I'm not no. anti-Drexel Hill, but it's a very different community that they have there. Drexel Hill is a little bit more affluent than Upper Derby. Like they, people have money and they have money to spend. And unfortunately in, Upper Derby, it's way more middle class and people don't have those kinds of funds.
1: Well, just define the main demographic that's going to the Drexelbrook. White. <laughs> and boom. <laughs> I mean <laughs> I mean, but think about it. No, but honestly, that's why Well
2: that's why I said it's like a form of gerrymandering. Yeah. Like like I, I'm not trying to invalidate people's struggles or say like white people in the Drexelbrook are not because, like obviously like you are. But, like, if this building is getting built, regardless if they have the LERTA, is that how you say it? LERTA, right? Sure. Whatever. However, they this bill that they're going to be getting, my point is, is like, if you're still going to build it without this tax break, then you don't really need the tax break. Exactly. But let me go find they, a couple businesses on 69th yeah, Street.
0: They started building it already. Like, they're, yeah! two, they're two stories mm-hmm. up out of a five story building. Like, they're not going to stop now. <laughs> so it's literally just hey you've been helping us out let us help you out
2: and i also am like the whole way that they try to do it like especially with like the upper derby like first of all there is a an audio recording have you heard it because mm. you need to it's really good it's pretty great everybody needs to go and like somebody who you can hear on it is like heather boyd who like is the is an upper derby school board director and personally Shout out to Heather. I fangirl over her all the time. Same. She is like literally. Same. Like, <laughs> I second
1: that opinion.
2: We second that. So you can literally hear her like trying to remain like real professional, but like also like really being frustrated with the yeah. situation. All she,
0: Highly and, all, relatable. She will, all she wants to do is just scream, all right, motherfuckers. Right,
2: right. And I was and like, you Heather, if leave. You do. Don't let them have a quorum. But Heather being the professional is going to sit there and make sure yeah. that there is quorum and that it's not her that is, you know, taking quorum yeah. away from the situation. Yeah. But, like, you can hear when you're listening to the recordings, like, frustration mixed with professionalism. And I'm like, <sighs> yeah. just I just, Inspirational. Like, inspirational. But, like, also, like, super reflective like you said like welcome to delco like this has happened in springfield Mm -hmm. this has happened all across the county this
1: doesn't happen in springfield because there's (laughs) there's, there's no democrat there's no resistance in springfield (laughs) we try and we've been steamrolled (laughs) i mean yeah i mean i I mean I, i vaguely remember a similar situation with the country club and but i i just i kind of didn't understand this drexelbrook was doing this because i'm like we already have it in springfield it's not like this is halfway across the county and like i don't know
0: Brookhaven or something or Glen Mills where they're doing like
1: Chats forward. Chats forward. it they just wanna, doesn't yeah. make any sense.
0: They want to they want to compete with the Springfield Country Club is basically the upshot of it. I
2: mean, but like Springfield Country Club actually has something there. Well, that too. Mm-hmm. I mean,
0: well, I mean, it's... well,
1: background. <laughs> Not it's to just, just like say so like, like Springfield Country
2: Club. It, there's a country club, but there's also a bar and a restaurant right there. There's a yeah. golf
1: course, and it is also the i mean if you pass it if you don't know what it is one it looks like hogwarts probably because it's also the republican <laughs> stronghold there if that anything symbolizes that in the area it's the hogwarts-esque looking country oh, club man. but yeah i mean even when the hotel was there i was like oh i guess that's efficient maybe i don't know and it's then, like if, if hogwarts was run by umbridge
0: but yeah, <laughs> yeah but like,
1: who's, who's going to the drexer book looking to turn up and then stay in a hotel like people go to the country club because it's a country club and it also has like a non, wow, this is totally turned into an advertisement for it. I'm like, it's also like a non-crazy vibe. We get like it. We have in- a good time.
0: We invited our bougie friend. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If
1: there is a bougie oh, person at the oh, table. Excuse yeah, me. I'm, from, cool. I'm from Springfield. I'm so out of this conversation. So bougie. I, I don't know how many times you've been to the country club, but if you don't have a membership, I suggest you get one after I'm on my yacht just kidding i have ten dollars in my bank account and <laughs> i bought a Dunkin' donuts coffee on the way here so make it eight um no but but seriously i i remember that going up and there were there was fighting but at that time i was young and uninformed when that was going on and i assume it was something similar because spoiler alert sometimes money in springfield goes missing boards <gasps> on baltimore pike though Guess. where are they at <laughs> where are they at <laughs> but yeah I- you guys are way more educated on this than I am. Well, so it's also only... our backyard. Yeah. And like, that's why. I I'm think not also... concerned if it's not in Springfield <laughs> Mall. <laughs> Cancel
2: everything. First of all. it's not happening to the mall, I don't care. First of all, Pasquale is the bougie, not just the bougie member of this podcast, but also the bougie member of the Delco Dens, E board because he is from Springfield. And the rest of us are from like Marple, Upper Darby, and Clifton Heights. Why, so. What
1: do you mean? Mar- Marple is nice. Don't you talk about our
3: neighbors. <laughs> 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 How
2: Dare you?
3: Oh man, we are not trying to
0: start turf wars on the Delco (laughs) Young Democrats. Out of my face.
2: I want to be vice president of the Springfield Young Dems. But also, like the fact that even people, the fact that something like this could Mm. get tabled at a a a school board meeting that was last minute. Again, I think silver lining. I'm all about them. Right? Mm, It's like people are actually paying attention now and are like no this is not okay this is not acceptable and i won't stand for it where you think like four or five years ago people all over the county probably weren't even paying attention to Mm -mm. something like this you know we got here exactly it's uh, literally how we got here how
0: do you how do you get 50 people at a school board meeting on like a tuesday night that got announced two days ahead of time yeah about something
2: that most people uh, probably weren't aware of two weeks ago exactly like me
1: well the pipeline the pipeline oh god we're not oh, even gonna the go there not in this podcast everyone we'll go to that i
2: think little, that should be our local but, issue oh, of, yeah. of, of episode two but
1: like the both of you know poli sci major didn't know a school board could just shut it down like that like i mean that's a civics lesson i mean everyone's kind of learning our boundaries which i think is kind of scary to the establishment party in the county is that mm-hmm. we're all learning what we can and can't do and
0: i mean yeah. i don't yeah and we're, we're smart enough to use it for good we're figuring out yeah <laughs>
2: No, totally. I agree. I agree.
0: Cool. want to talk, uh, just to kind of lighten things up after all of this seething anger that we've been spitting out here, um, a little segment that we're hopefully going to make a regular thing called What Did Millennials Kill This Time? I type in uh, Millennials Killed into uh, the Google search bar and just click on the first link. Uh, So on this episode, Millennials Killed the Focus Group, apparently. Uh, this is an article I found from Digiday.com, published October 2nd by Shireen Pathak. I butchered that name. Sorry, Shireen. Uh, I'm going to read the first couple sentences here. The first time Joy Howard has had a focus group full of millennials, she knew it was going to be her last one. I knew it was over, Howard, the chief marketing officer at Sonos, said on a panel at Advertising Week about targeting millennials. Howard, who used to work for Patagonia and Converse and led some of the content-heavy advertising there, said that her approach on marketing has had to evolve as she started focusing on millennials. For Sonos, the big difference between millennials and Gen X can be summed up in one image, the Nirvana album cover featuring a baby swimming toward a dollar. The idealism of Gen X is so different from the cynicism of millennials, said Howard. For millennials, the marketing is native. So how do we feel about uh, killing focus groups?
1: One baby boomers killed the ocean to and
0: everything fucking else. Um, (laughs) Second. Well, hold on. So you said
1: that it said, um, it was attributed. uh, It was the
0: idealism of Gen X is so different from the cynicism of millennials. Oh,
1: absolutely. There's 90 times a day where I make inappropriate jokes about ending everything over the most mild inconvenience. I mean, I mean,
0: everything is wrong with everything. Exactly. And (laughs) it makes sense. Everything
1: sucks. Um, yeah, I, I mean, t- to me, that's actually one of the funniest things I've ever heard. Focus, now it's just getting ridiculous, and now it's getting so specific yeah. that I don't understand it anymore. Like, like,
0: why aren't millennials buying diamonds? Because we don't have any fucking money, guys. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, there you go. That's what we could tell the Republican Party. Why don't you make your platform avocado toast, and then all the millennials yeah. apparently will come to you.
0: Yeah, seriously. I had avocado toast like three times one week, and now they're foreclosing on my house.
2: Exactly. Like, uh, <laughs> it is, like I think it is super reflective of like... Cause I don't, cause I think like millennials are cynics are more cynical than the generation before us for a lot of reasons. But I think one is like, we are totally in an age of information that was not available to our parents and to our grandparents.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't even, I don't even know that I would consider it cynicism. I think it's just being,
2: honest. yeah, I think it's more like being informed. Like, like when I tell like. Like, if I'm sitting in, like, a room or something and somebody's like, oh, like, what do you want? I'm, like, I'm on Twitter. They think I'm, like, doing mindless things. But I actually get a lot of my news from Twitter. I follow a a lot lot of journalists, like, from around the world and, like, activists and and public speakers. Like, that's actually, besides sports, like, what I follow most. And so I am so – I feel like I'm so informed more than my parents are now and definitely more than my parents – back in Mm
3: -hmm.
2: the 70s and 80s when they were my age like i'll ask i'll ask my parents like something you know that pops up and it's like oh like 30 years today xyz happened and i'll ask their opinion about it and i'm like oh wow they are literally just like like regurgitating Mm -hmm. is that yeah that's what i'm looking for regurgitating what the news told them but not actually like what a fact is and like kind of stuff like that and so I don't think we're cynical. I think... And maybe we are because we actually, like, realize what the world is and that it's not all rainbows and sunshines. Mm -hmm. But that's that's
0: just realism, though. That's not cynicism.
2: Yeah. I think it's... We just have such a more realistic view. And not just a realistic view of, like, what life is like, but, like, what goes on around the world. Like, our access to worldwide news, our access to news in California. Like, you can look up any district in any you know state around the country and know their local issues like you couldn't do that 30 years ago like yeah
0: and it's it's you know not only not only are we seeing the world as it is more clearly but we're also seeing the world as we would want it to be more clearly mm-hmm. which makes us much more able to actually achieve that we don't need focus groups because like we already know what we want and what we need <laughs> to a yeah. large extent
1: well that's what i was going to ask was like did it say what the focus group was on was it on like Oh, no, I think they're saying it? like in general. Oh, just in general. The, it was the just focus groups focus group in general.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I was going to make a sweeping generalization that I would say that millennials just don't want unnecessary shit. But I mean, or or, or high or or have the money for it. Or, or yeah, or highly exactly. materialistic. Like I was reading something about how we are way less likely to have like a midlife crisis purchase and just have a crisis <laughs> that like yeah. lasts whole life and not midlife and i was like relatable true but yeah the, i don't know i mean
2: i think it's also just like super hmm. reflective of like what like just like don't... more my not my parents because my parents are my parents didn't go to college mm-hmm. and so like they don't do the whole well, i worked my way through college speech on me but like I definitely know people who are older than me who give me that speech. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah, let's talk about the fact that every paycheck I get, I automatically have to subtract $900 between health insurance out of my pocket Mm -hmm. and student debt. So, like, please don't sit here and try to lecture me on saving money and XYZ when I don't have that means. And I was somebody that wanted to go to college and wanted to get my master's and thought I had this path lol that did not end up happening but i'm not mad about it you're welcome yeah <laughs> yeah i oh, passed yeah. all my, my political career um but, but like i also people make the argument that like oh we need to get more people into tech school and i'm like no i totally agree but we also need to stop villainizing people who do want that four-year degree and yeah. Yeah. i don't think like this is going like on a total rampage but like this whole idea that like we're ruining all these things when it's like, no, we just don't have yeah. money.
0: Yeah. These things were ruined. Yeah. It's not that we ruined them. It's just that they got ruined. But yeah, like college, college cost 400 bucks a year when, you know, those right. That is my so favorite.
1: Like, I paid for my edgy. Oh, nope. Not going to name it. Cause I was going to give someone away. I paid for my education at some university inside central Pennsylvania, Philadelphia. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, yeah, you might have been able to in the 80s to pay a twenty eight hundred twenty nine hundred dollar education. But considering it's costing me twenty some thousand a semester at Temple, I love Temple, but some of the stuff I've learned actually doing politics has been more educational. But I still have to pay for that. And when I'm paying for twenty thousand dollars, I don't give a shit whether your ranch has bacon or not in it because I can't (laughs) eat anyway because
0: I can't afford it. (laughs) So just to wrap up real quick, uh, because self-care is important, we're going to talk about something that is completely unrelated to politics. We are going to just go around the table real quick and just talk about just what's something that you enjoyed recently? Like, it can be anything, literally anything that you, where you were experiencing it and you said, you know what? The world is pretty okay.
2: Like, I'm going to get like, Hung for this, but like I only just got into Game of Thrones like three months ago. Yeah, sorry guys. So podcast
3: is over. (laughs)
0: I've I've never watched an episode of Game of
2: Thrones. Okay, so well, (laughs) well, (laughs) maybe Pasquale is just leaving. Um, Door, I'll go through that. So my boyfriend, who's amazing, is like a super Game of Thrones nerds. It's like really adorable. Like when I started watching, he like created. Um, Like a map for me and like family trees for me to follow. And it was like really sweet and adorable.
1: Damn, I would need that. You do
2: need it at some point. They have all like crazy names and I'm just like, I can't keep up. But anyway, um, we didn't really get a chance to watch too much because I like, I guess I started a little bit more like five months ago. But I then uprooted and decided that I was going to move to Virginia for three months. So we haven't really been able to watch since I came home. But this past tuesday or wednesday um we like ended up staying up until like two in the morning and watching and i like am working kind of crazy hours right now and you know it's a holiday season and i was just like no like let's just like spend time together and watch and every time an episode was over i was like can we watch another can we watch another and it was till two in the morning and then i slept in until nine thirty. oh man dude right and my body never lets me sleep in and it like let me sleep in and i was super pumped about it and yeah that was a really good thing That's this past amazing. week i know right
1: wow this to say a lot about me i think the highlight of my week so there's a place in maniunk that makes this like really good halal food and they made they make a vegan uh falafel wrap <sighs> yeah um no i've had it like four times this week because my current boyfriend my current boyfriend
3: Oh geez. um <laughs> my leave no
1: absolutely leave that in next podcast qual doesn't use the phrase my boyfriend because he's gone now. um no yeah he uh he brought me it to work like twice oh. yeah we'll talk about that off the podcast that i was just like this is unbelievable. And then I realized if something that small makes me happy, like, I really need to reevaluate my priorities oh, because <laughs> wow, how miserable is my um, life You in, want to know what I was torn between? politics.
2: I was torn between Game of Thrones till 2 in the morning and the queso from last night.
0: There's, there is a, uh, a punk band called The Descendants. Uh, one of their lyrics is, clean sheets mean a lot to a guy who sleeps on floors. I so think that's what it is. Little stuff means yes. so much.
1: He knows I don't eat anything of substance. B&V. I eat Oreos. So he brought me a falafel. Yeah,
2: guys, out. Oreos are vegan. Nothing in it is real. It's not real chocolate, and it's not real dairy. It's, it's real vegan. chocolate.
1: There's no... There's no dairy. Out of this podcast. You can leave that in. People <laughs> need to know what's vegan.
2: It's vegan. <laughs> a Your lot. life is a lie.
0: <laughs> there are a lot of accidentally vegan foods. <laughs> Cut out my political rant and put that in. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All um, Pesco has to say this episode is that Oreos are vegan.
0: <laughs> For me, the Philadelphia Flyers frigging won a couple of games, and I'm very in excited a row. about it. And I like it's on the West Coast against teams with like super good players, so I'm like way into it. Um, I I don't do many typically bro-y things, but I will scream at a hockey game on TV and nice. like just sit there with a beer and scare the cat. Um, Absolutely. because damn it, let me have this. I'm a right.
1: Jurassic Park trailer. Came.
0: Oh my God, it did. <laughs> i'm gonna go watch that right yes. now <laughs> because that is all we've got here on the delco young democast thank you guys so much for listening we appreciate the hell out of it uh you can find uh the delco young democrats on facebook uh you can subscribe to us on itunes google play stitcher you can email us mike at delco young democast.com gina at delco young democast.com pasquale at delco young democast.com <laughs> Once again, thank you guys for listening. We will catch you next time.